we are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Jazzcast Pros. Hello, this is Igniting Hope Radio, brought to you by the Buffalo Center for Health Equity. So how do we address self-sufficiency in this space, and how do we help the average person that's low-wage to no-wage earner become medium to high? So you say, well, how do I go from mopping the floor, taking out the bedpan, to that $60,000 job there? We got to be willing to pull up our sleeves, right, get on our knees, and work our land right? Which is hard work. What if it takes you five years to become a nurse and you're 30? So that means you got the next 40 years reaping the benefits of the hard work you put in for five years. And then while you're a nurse, you say, wait a minute, we don't have any nurse practitioners who are black at this hospital. Then I say, well, great. I'm going to go on and become a nurse practitioner making 80,000 a year. What does that mean for your children? What does that mean for your grandchildren? Welcome to Igniting Hope Radio, where we realize the differences between equity and equality. Here at the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, quite frankly, we don't want equality. We want equity. Here in Buffalo, New York, 12 years of life is lost by each person living in specific areas of Buffalo because of their race. Zero percent of health should be determined by where a person lives, such as education, unemployment and job security, food insecurity, housing, basic amenities, and the environment. We want equity. The only way to change hearts and minds is through emotional engagement, to get people behind it and continuously support the concept with facts. This is our aim and our mission weekly as you join Pastor George on Igniting Hope Radio. And it's your host today, Kimberly Slugarambe. Pastor George won't be joining us today, but I'm confident in saying that we have even just equal special guests. Dr. Underwood is no stranger to the Buffalo Center for Health Equity and the Igniting Hope Radio listeners. Dr. Willie Underwood is the executive director for the Buffalo Center for Health Equity. Dr. Willie Underwood is an MD, MSC, MPH, and is a board-certified urologist with nearly 20 years of overall urologic surgery experience, including more than 10 years focused on robotic urologic surgery. He was elected to the American Medical Association Board of Trustees in June 2019. He's an expert in healthcare disparities and healthcare policy. In addition to co-authoring more than 120 peer-reviewed publications, book chapters, and published abstracts, he has received millions in research funding from the National Institute of Health and holds a U.S. patent for co-developing a biomarker for prostate cancer. Last but not least, Dr. Willie Underwood is the co-founder of CAPS, that's capital K-A-P-S Biotechnology LLC, who is conducting a larger validation study of their new and novel prostate cancer biomarker. I'd like to introduce to everyone Dr. Willie Underwood as we dive in our weekly dose of hope. Hello, everyone. And Kimberly, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Greatly appreciate it. So let's have some fun. Let's share some information and let's move our people forward. 
Absolutely. So, Dr. Underwood, we just celebrated our Black History Month with an event at the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, which was moving forward towards action and change, pretty much embodying the term Sankofa. And so when we look back at the historical events that has happened in the African-American community, not mistaking or overlooking the abolition of slavery, even when we look at the Fugitive Slave Law, then we look at the Civil Rights Act of 1965. Some may argue that we have regressed instead of progressed even since the Civil Rights Movement. And I want to talk to you, Dr. Underwood, or rather you talk to the people today about the notion of self-sufficiency amongst African-American people. How can we help our current adults find freedom and at the same time make their children free? That's a wonderful setup for this, right? So let's think about this. Congressional Budget Office looked at America in 1979 and America in 2019 and reported that the income inequalities has grown in the U.S. in the last 40 years. That means that the richer quartile has grown in wealth by 110%, while the bottom quartile had only increased 20 to 30%. That means their income after inflation has only increased uh, by 30% since 1979. When you look at African-Americans and you compare us to, to whites and we begin to look at our income and how much we make, we make for the most part $20,000 less than whites. Now, at the higher income level, their average or median income, their median income is 400000 and ours is 200000 So at the higher 1%, we're 200000 making 200000 less than they are. And the lower quartiles and the medium average, they're making at 74000 Our highest is at 50000 $54,000. we are talking about the fact that we're not progressing. So when you ask the question, are we slipping backwards? The answer is yes. If you're not moving forward and everyone else is moving forward, then mathematically speaking, you are losing ground, right? So then what's the solution? The solution is our motto has to be, don't be lazy in learning. Don't be lazy in learning. Information is the key. As Jim Rohn says, and this is true, I've seen that true in my life and the people that I've mentored, Learning is the beginning of wealth. Learning is the beginning of health. Learning is the beginning of prosperity. Learning is the beginning of democracy. Learning is the beginning of freedom. All values, all prosperity, all virtue starts with learning. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding begins to lay out the framework. For example, Solomon said in Proverbs 28, 19, he who works his land will have abundant food, but the one who chases fantasy will have his field of poverty. Okay, what's our land? Our land is us. Our land are the things that God has given us, that we're born with. So what does that mean? He who works his land will have abundant food. What is our land? You know, when you start looking at these biblical terms, as everyone who had land, right? So all of us are born with some unique same things. And what is that? We have a mind, we have a body, we have the ability to think, we have the ability to learn. 
So when we work that land, when we work those things that we were given, no matter where we start, no matter how poor we are or the situation that we're in, but if we can learn to work that land, to cultivate it, to learn it, we will have abundant food because there's opportunity everywhere, right? But if you don't have knowledge, if you can't learn, if you haven't figured that out, then you miss it. Then we miss everything. And then we're stuck in a situation where we're expecting and desiring someone else to feed us, someone else to do something for us. And that's a trap, right? That's just government sabotage. That's a Mm. trick, right? As Malcolm X said, you've been had, you've been took, you've been bamboozled. Right, you've been been hoodwinked, misled, misled, right? Uh Because because now we're expecting that, and then we protest if we don't get it. We're upset if we don't get it, right? How do you? How are you going to help me? Well, wait a minute. The question is, how are you going to help yourself, right? How are we going to help ourselves? Because we're only as strong as our weakest link. If you're a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer, if you're a billionaire and you have wealth. But, but you are part of a poor community, you will be treated like the weakest link, like that community in the circles that you're in, because we're only as strong as our weakest link. Our 1% suffers. Our top 1% suffers because of our bottom 1%. Our bottom 1% suffers because we don't have a collective way to raise them up. Right. And even Martin Luther King talked about this. This is funny, man. We talk about Black History Month. We talk about King. We talk about all that. But we never talk about two speeches. All right. One is your life blueprint. I mean, how are you going to develop yourself? And the other one is I've seen the promised land where he talked about collective economics. Now, have you heard that? You hear people talk about King when they talk about that? No, they don't talk about no. that. I had a dream. Brotherhood of man. We all I think the reason why they actually assassinated him is because of the collective economics. But that's another topic for another day. <laughs> correct. That is correct. That's when he got assassinated. His last two speeches, your life blueprint and the promised land, are the two speeches of our futures. Right? That's again knowledge. If you don't have knowledge, you can't read, you don't learn. So what so what should parents tell their children? Never without a book. What should parents be? You're an adult, never without a book. What have you read? So someone tells me that they're struggling. My question is, what was the last book you read in 90 days? What was the last knowledge you gained in 90 days? What was the last thing you did to make yourself better tomorrow, yesterday? What was the last thing you did in the last 90 days that makes you better for the next 90 days, for the next year, for the next everything? And as we move forward, the Buffalo Center for Health Equity will begin to get in that space where we'll begin to improve personal development. Why? Why are you in that space, Willie? Why should the Buffalo Center for Health Equity be there? You guys are talking about social determinants of health. Yeah, baby. Right? Because ignorance leads to poor health. Lack of knowledge leads to poor health. Right? It leads to poor health. It's the one of the major, when you look at all the social determinants of health, housing, transportation, right? Income, right? They're all related to the position you're in educationally, knowledge-wise, information, your ability to, to upward mobile depends on knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Wow, that's powerful, Dr. Underwood. You know, as we look at learning, 
and the Buffalo Center for Health Equity getting in those spaces. I can't help but think of black capitalism, right? And my question to you now is how do we go from low wage, no wage earner to medium high? So someone that may be listening to this podcast and and say, wow, I like that. I want to do that. That's absolutely right. But they're they're at a low income, they're low wage, no wage earner. How do they begin to take part of this capitalistic society and, and for lack of better terms, pull themselves up by the bootstrap because we know that's, you know, sometimes age, uh, government agencies is, is agency sabotage of our own people. For, for example, in 1969, Nixon created the Office of Minority Business Enterprise, known as OMBE at that time. Then in 1979, they rebranded it as the Minority Business Development Agency by the Carter administration. But what some people fail to realize is that no funding was allocated to it. Instead, the office was to solicit funding from private sources and other government agencies in order to do the work. So how do we address self-sufficiency in this space? And how do we help the average person that's low wage to no wage earner become medium to high? Okay, so what's the difference between at the income quartile levels? What's the difference? That is basically the background is education, right? And I don't mean there's a school in education. So you want to be a nurse, you got to go learn nursing, right? That's a bottom line, right? So let's look at that. So there is a shortage of nursing and a majority of blacks who are in that nurse in hospitals are nurses aides, okay? They're mopping the floors, taking out bedpans and cooking the food. Right. The majority you go into any hospital in the Buffalo area, the majority of blacks who are working there, that's what they're doing. So you say, well, how do I go from mopping the floor, taking out the bedpan or cooking the food? So let's talk about those who are taking out the bedpan. They have made a decision that they would like to be in healthcare. So you say, well, what does it take for me to go from doing this to doing what they're doing to that $60,000 job there? Traveling nurses get paid four to $6,000 a week traveling nurses, okay? So the nurses are making nice chunks of change. So you say, well, how do I do that? So number one, there's some skills that, that I have to have. I have to be able to read, I have to be able to write, and I have to know arithmetic. Reading, writing, arithmetic. So I was someone who didn't get that in school for whatever reason. So now I gotta get it myself. Okay, now I gotta say, if I'm a poor reader, how do I become a better reader? I'm just gonna start reading one page a day just one page a day, right? And I'm gonna do that for a month. And then now I'm gonna increase that to two pages a day, to three pages a day. So let's say if you only read one page a day for a year, you have read what? 365 pages, right? And if I read three pages a day, you see how the math works out, right? You see how it begins. So then you start to say, well, what do I need to do? What skills do I need to have? And you start to get it. And it may take you, if you're that far behind, it may take you three years to get the skills, a year to get the skills, right? But we gotta be willing to pull up our sleeves, right? Get on our knees and work our land, right? Which is hard work, which is hard work. So now, what if it takes you five years to become a nurse in your 30? So that means you got the next 40 years reaping the benefits of the hard work you put in for five years. And then while you're a nurse, you say, wait a minute, we don't have any nurse practitioners who are black at this hospital. Then I say, well, great. I'm going to go on and become a nurse practitioner. So let's say you're 40 when you become a nurse practitioner. Now you're a nurse practitioner and you work for the next 30 years as a nurse practitioner making 80000 a year. What does that mean for your children? 
What does that mean for your grandchildren? I tell you what, you got young children and you're reading, that's what your young child is doing, reading too. And you're planting a seed. So it's interesting. I grew up watching my mother transform her life. So when I got into the trenches and they were telling me, you know, medical school wasn't a place I showed up and they said, welcome Negro. Okay. <laughs> they said, no, we don't get your black butt out of here quick, fast, and in a hurry. You're the rest <laughs> of you. We don't want you here. But what I remember, I remember my mother toiling the soil. She didn't have a machine pile in the earth. She had a little pick, little thing on the ground, on her knees, digging it <laughs> up. Right. I remembered that. So I mm -hmm. said, I'm going to pile like she did. I'm going to dig like she did. I'm going to study. I'm going to make this work. Because wow. guess what? When I'm done with this, my child will walk in a different situation than I walked in. She will have skills that I didn't have. She would be mm -hmm. able to compete at a level that I couldn't compete at. Why? Because I didn't have it. But now I'm going to get it. 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 See, that has to be. That's how you do it. It's hard work. It ain't going to be easy. I ain't what I'm talking about ain't easy. If it was easy, we all would have already done it. That's true. And your friends are going to say, oh, you doing? How come you can't do this? How come you can't hang out with me? How come you would You know what you do? You drop, you get new friends. Mm -hmm. You get friends who are plowing the earth like you plowing the earth. Right. right. Are you working your land? He who works his land will have abundant food. Work your land. Work your land. Work your land. Work your land. All right. Work your land. And, and so stop the chasing the fantasies. That's good. So while we talk about working the land, we see what our current land is. And when I say current land, the, the workspaces that we're, we're in in upward mobility. Sounds like we're going to need some workforce development. Could you describe what that pipeline may look like in regards to that workforce development and the space that the Buffalo Center for Health Equity could even share in convening or facilitating. And we could stay on the same topic of, of a nurse, right? So my mom's a nurse. We know that there's stages to becoming a nurse on different levels of a nurse. You have a CNA, you got an LPN and you got the RN and now they've got the BSN RN and you can get, you know, it, it's changed to that. So with this workforce development, it looks like it's going to, people are going to need training on how to till the land, right? How would you describe that? What would that look like for you if, let's say, you were given the opportunity or the Buffalo Center for Health Equity is given the opportunity to collaborate with someone or just be in that space of workforce development for this pipeline to obtaining this self-sufficiency? So, so we know that when the CBO put out that report, that was very important because the government knows that inequalities in income means to revolution. They get that. They understand that. Okay. And they saw what has happened over the last few years. That's exactly what you've been seeing. And that's for blacks and whites, right? So now they started putting these funding in, these programs in. Okay, great. So we have a program that says, well, if I'm a low wage earner and I'm getting subsidies from the state or the county, I need to have a bridge period where I can grow until I no longer need those subsidies and not lose those subsidies too soon, right? Those are some of the things that people are talking about, even in Erie County. Okay, Erie County has talked about that and they're moving a program like that forward. So that's it. So then you know, on one end, you have to have the individuals who are in the low wage earning things and I need to get the knowledge. So there's two levels of knowledge. There is personal development knowledge. I mean, that what do I need to do to develop myself? economically, spiritually, physically, right? Emotionally, financially, how do, how do I do that? 
And then there's the opportunity to say, well, okay, great. I'm a nurse's aide. So then now how do I get into nursing school and how do I go to nursing school and keep my job as a nurse's aide? And then that will take us as a community. We start to ask those questions. So when people say I work at hospital X and they let other people do these nursing training and then they go on and they support them financially, we should be knocking on their door saying, well, what are black folks? How come you ain't letting no black people in there, right? How come they're not able to take advantage of these opportunities that's already exist? That's what the community should be doing, right? That's the community says, these programs exist. We have a hundred people who are ready to take advantage of that program. We wanna know how come they're not being allowed to take advantage of it, okay? Right. And that's community partnerships, working with corporate organizations, working with state, county and city organizations to sort of move these things forward. But at the bottom of that, the individual has to be all in. The individual has to be willing, again, to toy the earth at a level that is going to be hard work. All in. When my mother said, we're going to move up, we're going to grow that meant that I had to be a better person, she had to be a better person, and we all had to make some sacrifices for the long run. Short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain. Wow. It makes me think about do what you have to do now so you can do what you want to do later. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Just like college, right? Mm -hmm. I had people who parents had saved money for them to go to school. They didn't need a job. They didn't need to do these things. They just had a chance to study and go have fun. I, right. I needed a job. I had to work my way through college. I had to do that. Okay, great. I could have whined and complained about it, or I could embrace it and say, this is the way it is, right? Mm -hmm. You know, will my future prosperity have to do that? Hopefully not, right? You know, where you got to work 35 hours, you know, I used to work 35 hours a week. And I'm not saying that bragging, I'm mm -hmm. saying that to get this, that's what we're going to have to do, right? Mm -hmm. That's just the bottom line. It's just not, you know, you can see me now, you got three graduate degrees, all he, he fell off the sky. You know, he was special. He was whatever. No, no, there's nothing special about me. It's just that, right. hey, I just said, okay, great. I need to plow the earth. I got to plow it, you know, <laughs> give me the ditch. <laughs> give me the little pick. <laughs> All right, let's right. start digging. <laughs> right. Wow, this yeah. is awesome, Dr. Underwood. It's really been a pleasure having you. And before we end today's segment, I really want to end with this quote. And I believe it's most befitting. It's a quote by Dr. King. And I would say it's one of his most famous quotes where it says the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. And so as we get to wrap up today's episode, as we really talked mostly about self-sufficiency, mainly in the aspect of what that would look like. You know, because a lot of times we talk about self-sufficiency, but we don't give people the toolkit or the blueprint on how to obtain it. So I hope that this weekly dose of hope will be a charge and a mandate and even some encouragement to our listeners to be able to know where they're standing during these times of challenge and controversy and that you don't need a handout. You do need a hand up and that it is possible and it can be done. And hopefully the Buffalo Center for Health Equity and obviously with the leadership and the guidance of Dr. Underwood and many other greats, such as Pastor George Nicholas, we'd be able to convene and create that blueprint, whether it be through workforce development or whether it be through different programs that we put on to help people in those spaces get to the next level. Well, it's been Ignite and Hope Radio. It's your host, Kimberly Slugarambe. Thank you for tuning in for your weekly dose of hope. 
And we ask you listeners to please share, like, subscribe, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, whatever your podcast listening platform is, share it with a friend and tell us what you think. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and be healthy. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. This time of year, you double down on cheer. So does Dunkin'. That's why they have twice the signature lattes with minty peppermint mocha and creamy toasted white chocolate, both handcrafted with rich espresso. Grab one today. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.